Scholarships are available for the 2020 festival. The deadline is April 1st for both Young Dancers Workshop and Professional Training Program. Applications for the festival will open on November 22nd. There are also work-study positions available for the Professional Training Program. We offer internships in videography, technical production, community engagement, social media, education, and administration. Intern applications are due by January 21st. If you have any questions about the application process, email dancefest at bates.edu. Dance, a podcast that celebrates the Bates Dance Festival dance artists and teachers. I'm Lindsay LaPointe, media supervisor for the festival. We are continuing with highlights from the 2019 festival, this time featuring the words from the students and faculty. Megan McClyman was at the professional training program for all three weeks and was given the Next Steps grant from the Boston Foundation, which included tuition to attend the festival. My name is Megan McClyman, and I am a professor of dance at Salem State University. It's always been on my bucket list um, to go to Bates for the summer. Um, you know, any sort of immersion experience, experience is always amazing and transformative. And to be able to have the opportunity to do that for three weeks um, is just like a gift and a luxury. Um, I think you, you know, you go into these, this festival and you're not quite sure what you're going to get out of it. You might have some ideas. And then in the middle of it, you figure it out and it, you walk away and you're transformed for years later. You know, you just go back and you remember those, those things. So it's just a nice community to be in, to be around, to be saturated in dance all the time exclusively. Um, to go away from the family life and um, just the day-to-day -day activity, it's just a nice experience to set that aside and just really focus on dance. I am taking for three weeks uh, Kathleen Hermsdorf's class, um, which I just got out of, and it's just a nice, beautiful, sweaty pool of flow and lusciousness, um, beautiful music. Um, and then I've been taking a Feldenkrais class, which just slows things down. Um, I've also dipped into um, the Gaga improvisational class, which is just a beautiful way to take everything you're learning and that culmination into your own free expression. Um, and then at the end of the day, I've been taking Spiral Dynamics, um, which is life-changing. Um, it's a way of thinking about anatomy, kinesiology, but um, through dance in this really um, scientific, beautiful, beautiful way. I think, you know, one thing about being an educator uh, is you're always giving. You're giving, you're giving, you're giving. You receive some, but I think it's more giving than receiving. You know, you get joy in, in seeing the students progress and grow, um, but it's a different kind of um, 
reciprocation. Uh, so in the summer, I really try not to teach and I really try to dive in and be a student. Um, this summer feels like I'm being a student the whole summer, which is really exciting because I have these three weeks. Um, and so it, this is really for me. Um, it's my time to transform when I've been watching my students transform through the year. Now it's my time to do it. Um, and then when I go back in, absolutely my classes are transformed and changed and I'm thinking about um, you know, my teaching philosophies and, and what I've been doing um, in the past and, and what I could do more of or, or what, I, what I'm already doing and it's um, also supported out there in the field. You know, it's, it's uh, reconfirming what I do and why I do it. Another reason, and actually I think the only reason that I was able to go this summer was um, because alongside this professional program, there's the youth arts program uh, that's available to my seven-year-old daughter, um, which again is just amazing and I'm still blown away that that's a possibility. So my daughter and I get to dance at dance camp together. I mean, that's just like a dream. It's just unbelievable. I still can't believe it's happening. Um, you know, we're not in class together, but we're on the campus together. We're in the dorms together. We're in the cafeteria together. We're around this um, spirit that B the Bates Festival has, and she feels that. Um, I think it's a beautiful way just to model lifelong learning. Um, she sees that I'm still learning which is so cool. And she asked me at the end of the day, like, Mama, what did you learn today? Did you learn hip hop? Because I learned a hip hop dance. And we get to share in that experience. And it's just so cool. This year, we celebrated the Youth Arts Program's 25th anniversary and gave a few students and faculty members the challenge to name 25 things they love about YAP. We will start with Terrence Karn, who has been teaching music in the program for 20 years. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Terrence Karn. This is my 20th year working with the Youth Arts Program here at the Bates Dance Festival. It's 2019. They asked me to say 25 things about the Youth Arts Program. Yeah. Okay, one. It's an amazing creative outlet for children. Two. It's really fun. Three, it makes me a better teacher. Four, I learn things every day. Five, I learn things from each and every student. Six, I learn things from all of my colleagues, including Rob. I learn things from Priscilla. I learn things from Maddie. I learn things from everybody who's involved with the Youth Arts Program. I learn things about music. I learn things about dance. I learn things about life. I learn things about my own personal emotions. I learn things about how I can get up every day in the morning and still be inspired. I learn things about other people and how to interact with other people. I lost track of how many things I've said. So I'll just say that I learned to be grateful every day to be part of such an amazing creative process that involves a community of such amazing, wonderful people.
Now we hear from Louisa Strong, who is a returning YAP student. What I like about YAP is that you get to contribute ideas. The teachers work together really well. The students work together really well. Art is really fun because you get to be creative. And in theater, you get to sort of be yourself while you're making up plays. And in music, you get to follow instructions, but that <laughs> is fun because you have guidelines to follow and you know what you're doing. Um, every morning in YAP, there's where we all come together and we discuss what we're going to do that day. And every afternoon after YAP, we get to discuss what's going to be going on in the next couple weeks. I like how long YAP is because it's enough time where you don't have to worry about what you're going to do and how you're going to entertain yourself for the summer, but you have enough time to do your own thing after YAP. Um, YAP is really, really, really fun. I love dancing, so it's sort of perfect. And I get to play the viola, and that's the instrument I play all year long, so I'm glad I get to play it during the summer. I do modern and hip-hop, which are both really fun. And art is one of my hobbies, so I'm glad I get to do that. And during the school year, I am stage crew for my school, so I like being able to act instead of being behind the scenes during YAP. Another thing I like about YAP is you always have friends to be near you, and I find that really fun because you get to be with your friends. And I also like that the teachers are always paying attention to you and they never shove away your ideas, so they're always listening. And I also like how <laughs> people are always really kind to you no matter where you are. Lastly, we will hear from the Young Dancers Workshop faculty discussing what they focused on in their classes. We will start with Melissa Alexis, who taught Afro-Modern, and then hear from Aretha Aoki, who taught Improvisation. My name is Melissa Alexis, and at uh, Bates Dance Festival here, I'm teaching Afrofusion Modern Dance. And it's really a fusion of West African and American modern principles and techniques. And so we're having a great time bringing in the da dances and approaches from Senegal, Guinea, Mali mainly in terms of those influences as well as the Caribbean along with American modern dance and really talking about the articulation of the spine, the connection, feeling through the connection of our feet, how we use the whole body in West African dance expression and how that can fuse together with modern dance to make something new. Um, and in the African Diasporic Dance Elective, I'm also teaching a course called African Diasporic D uh, Dance, Rituals of Resistance Across Space and Time. 
And that class is really about examining how dance responds to social issues, not just here, but across the world, and really deeply rooted in African, West African traditions and Africanist traditions on the continent and also in the diaspora where people were spread, how those dances and those forms and bodies of people on different lands were encoded with resistance, resistance to oppression and to in injustices. So we're looking today alone, we looked at carnival dances from Trinidad and from Brazil, and we're looking at you know, hip hop and the creation of hip hop and how it has influenced back and forth uh, the U.S. And, and other nations. And so we're just having a great time examining that lens of dance. So we have been working with structures in solo, duet, and ensemble uh, improvisation um, practices. So we've been working with um, the practices of individual artists, um, like Barbara Dilley and her contemplative movement practices, and Susan Scorbati's Emergent Improvisation. Um, working with um, building a kind of template for ensemble work and, and solos and duets within that. And what's attracting me to Barbara Dilley in particular is um, the way that she's bridging mindfulness and dancing, which has been something that I've been thinking about for a while. Um, so we're actually starting with five minutes of sitting meditation and just observing our breath and then allowing that to lead us into um, seemingly simple practices involving walking, sitting, standing, lying down, crawling, um, as a way to kind of attune to oneself and the environment and to each other, um, and then building kind of complexity from there. Um, Today we introduced some scores from Susan Scorbati's emergent forms um, from her solo um, practices. And so the students will be building solos and using these kind of solos as skeletons for improvisation. Um, and the next week we'll actually be looking more and more at composition, at choreography. And from uh, for that, I've mostly been drawing from Susan Rethworth's uh, choreographic mind, which has been like my Bible as a choreographer. Um, I just love the way she articulates um, what it is to be in the studio and work and find the sort of um, place of pleasure and connecting to one's intuition and, um, and, and continuing to kind of follow that intuition, continuing to kind of keep your ear to the ground of what the work is, is um, wanting. And we dispel the myth of the choreographer coming in with everything pre-planned and actually work with what's in the room, work with um, what's, coming in, what's coming up spontaneously um, and allowing that to be, allowing that to inform and even be the work. And so, so thinking, so the first half has been improvisationist as spontaneous composition and then working towards choreography as, as improvisation. Next we hear from Mary Ann Bradley, who taught jazz, and Nicole Claymoon, who taught hip hop. Um, well, my jazz class is sort of me passing along all the information that I've gotten through the history of my training. 
but focusing mostly on the vernacular styles and the roots of the form and sort of tracing that through history, how it resurges and comes back in other forms. Uh, I always show a jazz family tree and show how jazz developed out of the African roots and how Eastern European forms added in and all of these things came together to create something new. And so I really focus on them knowing the context of these steps and then also bringing in elements of improvisation so that they can understand that they are the future, that they're ma we're making it up all the time, but that we have this uh, under, underpinning and this layer of history that guides that. So, and a lot of focus on music and rhythm and musicality and different styles of jazz, if I can bring them in. I think it was like 1992. I came as a 17-year-old and met Danny Burcheski, so it's really great. I'm back teaching some of the very things that he taught me in this very studio, and, and that's really been quite lovely <laughs> to see. Came and met him here originally at the festival. I attended the festival twice and met him twice, and then after college, I went and moved to where he was, which was Minneapolis, and then did my best to get into his company, ended up working with his company, being his assistant until he decided to close the company. But then I joined another company, Xenon Dance Company, and we then kept Danny's rep in our repertory. So I pretty much have been able to continue his work in some fashion throughout my career, which has been great. And now I'm teaching it, so that's exciting. I would say for me, Bates has sort of just this magical vibe that I see these kids carrying forward. They're just very enthusiastic, they're very grateful, they're very hungry, and because of the intensive nature of it, you can just really give them a lot really fast. And I think that's a little different than other places that I've taught. Um, and the, just the legacy of jazz at this program, I feel like that comes through and they, they are very open to it, these students. And they get, they're getting at the same time African dance, they're getting hip hop, so I can really reference, as they're doing all these styles, I can say, look, this is the circle in jazz, this is what it means, and what, where else do you see that? Hip hop has its ciphers, you know, so we, we can really talk about how those, those uh, branches cross and come back and reemerge. Well, in my own research of the history, just finding those steps that are, have been codified, and that doesn't happen a lot in jazz, so I like to reference those, those steps that still exist, like the Shorty George, like uh, Sugarfoots, like uh, the TikToks, and that to just give them that they've seen these steps, but they have names, they may not have kept their names through all these iterations, but there was a place, it started in a place, and it started in this country, and it's the history that was happening, the cultural realities of the time led to these steps being made up. So being able to give them really the, the true history and then say, and we riff on that, that's our goal, is to not just reproduce, but to keep riffing, and that's the nature of jazz, that we aren't just trying to pr preserve it in a, in a jar or under glass, we're using it, and that's always been the case. Pick it up, add your own flavor, and then carry it forward, so. I teach house and hip hop dance, and my class is rooted in each individual's untamed distinctive voice as freestyle artists. Um, and I seek to preserve the ethos of these social dance traditions by rooting it in the cipher and in the, the improvisation or freestyle approach to the form. 
my methodology to teaching house um, has in, involved across the floors and really working with breaking down the steps in front of the mirror um, and the, the mechanics of some of the foundational footwork. Um, but then immediately after that, digesting it in their body with um, so that they can really feel how it can become their own and they can use it to create their own story um, and their own signature approach with it. Um, I try to involve some intricate choreography that is my approach to the form um, that interweaves it, well, that's informed by other styles that I'm trained in, such as popping and um, whacking, hip hop, house, and I teach the choreography in small sections and move it across the floor so that they can really practice in it so that by the time we culminate with the larger phrase, it's a little bit more digested in their physicality and they don't have to overthink their way through it. Um, but then always trying to find ways to keep the improvisation in their particular unique storytelling approach through a sense of improvisation alive. So maybe that'll be in how they punctuate the choreography by ending it with a freestyle or how they come on and off the stage. Um, and then really like a big, the, the class is really rooted in a community-based practice or community-based approach. So um, taking us out of the, the kind of frontal performative fourth wall and activating that call and response. Um, so the class ends in a cipher where each student is given the opportunity to, to tell their own story. And each student is also encouraged and empowered in understanding their role as a witness being just as important as the person showcasing. Um, so how we really hold each other up and see each other it reflected in each other that my liberation is, is in, tied up in your liberation. Our two modern teachers, Tristan Kepke and Kevin Ayega Jeff, both took two different approaches to this form of dance. What I try to do is bring as much of the collective wisdom that I've been exposed to over the years or discovered over the years. I try to bring it into a process that's pretty in, condensed and intense and of course you can't cover everything but you bring those high points that you believe will help the students make um, concrete and sequential in terms of building themselves help them make really strong study decisions as they evolve as artists so I tend to focus on um, first in terms of the body the core and just informing how the core sends energy out into all the limbs, you know. And then I also try to focus on physical specificity so that you, when you're seeing or working with different choreographers, you're present to what makes them unique inside of their movement, inside of their style. Beyond that, what's really important to me is for an artist to really connect spirit to guide the mind to inform the body so that we're training in the trinity of who we are. We're spiritual beings and I think we're inspired to be artists because we are spiritual beings and we feel something from that. So I think it's important to own that energy each day and to have that energy inform your intellectual 
journey as you train your body and to have your body respond to that intuitively and organically as you pass that information through. So there are different techniques. <laughs> there's Graham technique, which I love. There's Horton technique, which I love. There's release technique, which is very close to a lot of, um, for me, a lot of African dance techniques as well. There um, is just, and then of course, ballet as, a, as another foundation and just exploring how those techniques define you inside of your own artistry as opposed to becoming a ballet dancer, as opposed to becoming a Graham dancer or a Horton dancer, all of which is fine. But what's most important is how do those forms of techniques that strengthens your body, how do they inform your own personal artistry so that your voice comes out? So, that's what I try to do <laughs> inside of this, um, this three-week period is to plant seeds that helps the students actualize what it is that they want to do inside of that journey. So this year at Young Dancers Workshop, I'm teaching two sections of modern as well as yoga. My modern classes are based on the foundational belief that all bodies can and should dance, that we can celebrate our differences by building technical rigor and community together. We use a lot of weight, a lot of falling, a lot of trust, a lot of risk to build our technical proficiency together. Um, my yoga classes here are really based on clarity and alignment as well as balancing what I call interoception and proprioception. So balancing our internal awareness of sensation as well as our outward ability to negotiate where we are in space to be clear in our body parts and our alignment. Finally, we hear from the two ballet teachers who have been teaching at the festival for many years. Shona Mark Robles and Martha Tournay always change their students' way of approaching this dance form. When I come to Bay and in my school in Zurich, I really work anatomically with these students so that they understand how their bodies function. The largest, biggest error I find in ballet education is that we as dancers do not receive enough information about how our instruments move. And so I really take the time here to teach these children anatomically how to use their bodies because it's the same, it's the same technique. It's, it's, the body functions, whether it's in walking, running, or ballet, or any other thing, it's the same thing. And so I give them the base of how to understand what bones are doing what and how to improve their technique through that understanding. Because I feel that if I personally had had that possibility of having someone teach me these things, I wouldn't have had to abort my career as soon as I did through injuries. So that's why I teach anatomically. The foot is the base of the body. Um, if, if the foot has not understood how to use the floor, and how to balance the weight of the body, the um, gravity coming through the body so that the weight is carried into the foot and outwards through the toes, um, then nothing else functions afterwards. It, it's, it's a vicious circle in one way. And so I always try to start the bar barefoot so people can become aware of how their toes are working the floor and how the heel has to supinate underneath where and if, especially through a lot of ballet training that has forced an old school type of winging foot, 
you find so many dancers who have very little um, strength in their toes and gripping with their ankle muscles to um, hold themselves upwards. And, and it's, it was the reason why I stopped dancing as well, because I was taught that way. Um, so I, I really want people to understand how to start building a house from the foundation up and not from the toes down. And that's why I start the bar barefoot, so that the dancers become aware. And, and I do a lot of exercises with them of how to feel their toes in the floor and how to begin to elevate through the center of their foot and not, not relying on one toe or the other toe, right? And I've noticed um, over the years coming here that the more I do that, the faster they understand the rotation in their hip joint. So that's the point. Right? At the Young Dancers Workshop has, has really taught me to believe in my method of going away from set methods and finding my own anatomical method of teaching. Because I see a quick result in these dancers and I see the result on my dancers at home in my studio. And I've been so fortunate to have had a director who believed in me that gave me a carte blanche to be able to really uh, research inside this way of teaching. And it's been beneficial to everybody, I think myself included, but the dancers also. All right, so in my ballet class, I'd say that I'm pretty, um, pretty, uh, I pretty much honor the classical ballet form. Um, I think that I, I try to get to the true essence of, of classical ballet. Um, I think I have a, I try to have a sensitivity to individual's anatomy and how it can fit into the classical ballet form, but I am a firm believer in technique of ballet. And I had a great teacher at a young age who actually gave me, even though I didn't have the perfect body for dance, gave me the technical tools on how to become an advanced ballet dancer. And so I'm very happy to be able to try to share on the information that I learned from her. Um, what else? I think that one of the most important things, especially when teaching young dancers, is they, in, in ballet, they get so caught up on positions and positions and what the, what's that position and, and that they forget about what's happening between the positions. And that actually what's happening between all of these diverse positions in classical ballet, that's where the dancing is. So we don't want to, we don't want to lose touch of, of what the actual dancing is. Well, I've been here now for 17 years, so I have seen my teaching evolve <laughs> for sure. Um, coming here to Bates, my first year here, I was kind of blown away on how there was this uh, platform for all of the faculty to be able to sit and share their methods and their ideas. And I feel like by hearing other people's methods and other people's ideas, as well as expressing my own, it became this big, huge, mind-opening development of, of dance and what dance means. And how, how much dance has even changed in the past 17 years. And where does classical ballet fit in with that? And I see it fitting in very strongly, that it could be something that is definitely used as a tool for all of the contemporary dancers, because this is a contemporary dance festival. Um, but there is a way 
to, and I've found that coming here, maybe teaching classical ballet to modern dancers is, is what I feel has, my teaching has, my direction has gone. Um, even in New York, where I teach, I, have, I, have, I teach pretty much the same class, but I'm teaching with the same approach of being open to all different types of styles of dance and styles of dancers. And at the same time, some of my students are getting into the ballet companies. So it's very interesting that they're no longer just seeking a certain stereotype of classical dancer, but if you can be a classical dancer that has a modern uh, sensitivity and also has the modern approach, technique, then maybe you're more employable these days. So it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. It's important that we do this with humor. Uh, it's, it's also a world where uh, da dance and ballet in particular, people can be so hard on themselves that we need to try to do it with an open heart and open mind and just laugh along the way while we're sweating and working hard. To see a visual of each class, click on the links in the show notes. This podcast was produced by the Bates Dance Festival out of Bates College in Lewiston, Maine. Editing was done by myself, Lindsay LaPointe. Music featured was by Jesse Mono. To find out more about the festival, visit BatesDanceFestival.org.